Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? Man, I'm like, I'm reeling, reeling. It's, it's been a whirlwind, honestly, whirlwind week or two for me, but tonight is like, caps it all off, man. What just happened, just happened here in the last couple hours here in Cincinnati, uh, where we are, our hometown Reds, we're always watching the games every night, and Tom Brenneman, son of the legendary Marty Brenneman, Tom Brenneman, who does college and in NFL football games. He's, he's been uh, the broadcaster in Arizona um, for, for the Arizona Diamondbacks for a while. And then for the last, what has it been, 10, 12, maybe almost 15 years, he's been uh, with the Reds here in Cincinnati uh, doing games on TV just about every night. And uh, he, he had a pretty major mistake tonight. So it's 10.30. 10:35 on Wednesday, August 19th, and we're recording this through a Zoom meeting. So none of this is on Facebook Live like we usually do. Uh, and and I've always we the reason we do these podcasts is because we both have always wanted to be in radio, right? We've always wanted to do that. One of my favorite things about talk radio at night when I was working third shift was getting these guys that would be on after the prime time games are on and to, and for them to hear the very first take of the night on a game before any major analyst or anybody else got to talk about something mm -hmm. that's happening for us right now it yeah. may not be live on your tv it may not be live in general but this is going to be no we have not heard anyone talk about this there's there, it's going to be all i, I assume it's going to be all over the media tomorrow, Thursday, uh, talking about Tom Brenneman and his uh, homophobic slur, and and uh, this is I, I this is this is interesting to me because this is where nobody is going to tell us or or, or imprint on us on how we're going to feel about this. This is all pure. I'm excited to do this. I'm not excited to do this in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But in that aspect, I've always wanted to do something like this. So mm -hmm. as much as I love Tom Brenneman, and, and Tom Brenneman gets a lot of hate in Cincinnati, and I don't know why. I've never really figured out exactly why. Maybe because he spells his name T-H-O-M, which always <laughs> made sense to me. Like, your name is Thomas, T-H-O-M-A-S, right? So if it's short, then it's just T-H-O-M, but nobody does that. So he's Thom and everybody makes fun of Thom <laughs> for the things he does. Uh, so anyway, before the game started, it was the pregame show and, and uh, Tom was having a conversation with somebody talking, I assume, oh yeah, because he said Kansas City, right? He, he specifically said Kansas City is the, uh, I'm going to say gay capital of the world <laughs> because we try to keep this uh, – rated halfway as good as we can but he dropped a well you know like oh okay so an f-bomb <laughs> F but if you know if you're in england and you need a cigarette you would ask for a fag <laughs> so tom tom would have uh tom tom would have used a word similar to that <laughs> similar <laughs> and then he immediately says welcome to red's live <laughs> pre-game show 
they came back on the air from commercial and he didn't realize they were on yet and he was still continuing the conversation that he thought was off air and he he made that comment and he used that word and uh now two things on this he called and, it a he for, well we should we should say what he said he called it that cap that word capital of the world or whatever or one of the one, one of the blank capitals of the, of the world capitals of the world right, right. Um, so, so it was definitely used the way that, you know, in a derogatory way. Um, so, but, so let's get into this. All right. So let's get into this. Cause, cause I want to get into, uh, uh, we don't know Tom Brenneman, the man, right? You know, we know Tom Brenneman, the man on the mic. There's right. always somebody behind the mic. You don't know everybody. Me and you are on a podcast. We're behind a microphone every week. and uh, you know, I like to think I try to be the exact same person I would be in normal, but I'm, I'm not exactly the same person. I'm, my language is much more colorful when I am <laughs> in, in regular person land um, than it is here because we try to keep it PG as he would do on his broadcast. Right. However, same thing being said, there are certain words that I don't even use because I don't feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not proud of the way that they're used. And, and I know that they're derogatory and you're, and, and I, you know, that they're words that you can't use. Have words ever slipped out of, out of our mouths? Of course. Sure. Because you're just in a, in a situation or in a content and we have no idea. In that case, I somewhat feel bad for Tom Brenneman because we have no idea what was said beforehand or how the conversation got there, but the man got caught saying something that should never come out of anyone's mouth. That's correct. That's right. Yeah. We, we don't unfortunately, know. for that reason, I believe he'll never call another Reds game this year, at least this year. At least. Yeah. At least I, I, I would not be surprised if either, either in the next couple of days or at the end of the season, they'll decide not to bring him back. I, I think he probably won't be the Reds broadcaster anymore. That's not to say that he'll never broadcast another sporting event again. He may have to go away for a year, two years, three years, something like that. But it's not – he's not – he's probably in his 50s, right? Um, it's not like he's yeah. – he's not in his 70s or anything. He's got plenty of t- – he's got another 20 years ahead of him probably in broadcasting if he wants to. And so if he goes away for a couple of years, it'll blow up. He, first of all, he apologized. So it took about five – it took five innings. But four, it took four innings. It was the top of the fifth, the start of the fifth okay. inning. So okay, it took so. four innings before he ever came on to apologize. Now, in my head, I'm thinking somebody has sent this dude a text Mm-hmm. has already been on Twitter that like, this has got to be out there by now. I didn't see it live when the, when he dropped it, I didn't see it live. I was out taking a walk with the kids. I watched the first game of the doubleheader and was really irritated on how, uh, how terrible the Reds looked at the plate. So we went for a walk and uh, it ended up being a longer walk than normal. Didn't have my phone. I didn't have anything on me. And I got a call from pops and pop said, Oh my God, Here's what happened. He just apologized. This is crazy. And 
I don't know how I would feel if I was watching that. I feel like if I knew Tom Brenneman and he lives in Cincinnati, somebody's got to be talking to this dude, right? Yeah. He had to know before the fifth inning. Oh, I'll bet a lot of people that know him saw that when it happened on the pregame show. And I'm sure he knew about it right away. I, and I'll bet he knew he knew it happened as soon as he said it because he started back up. And I'm sure everybody in that booth, including his partner, Chris Welsh. Wide eyes. Absolutely. Because everybody else I'm sure knew, you know, that, that they were back on. And, and even if he didn't realize it at first, at the end of that inning, when they went back to commercial, I'm sure he was told right away, like, do you, you know what just happened, right? I, I'm sure he was, but doesn't – so that's what gets me. If that's the case and I know right away, mm-hmm. that apology needs to come after the very next break before the game even starts or anything like that. Yeah. How does that make it to the fifth inning before the apology comes out? And, and I do truly feel that the apology was sincere watching it. Uh, obviously he knows that his career, he even said, I may never wear the, I may never put the headphones on again because he knows how severe and how terrible of a thing he got caught saying. At the same time, people say things that they don't necessarily, you know, they don't necessarily feel the way they say the things they say, especially if they're in front of somebody, they, you know, how that whole thing goes. So I, I, dude, I'm so back and forth. I don't know what to think about this thing, man. Like I'm not persecuting Tom Brennan. I'm not one to immediately persecute somebody because of uh, a, a two second snippet that I heard come out of their mouth. I refuse to do any of that. It gets put on media. All the media does that all the time. I'm not going to do that because I, you don't know anybody's background. You don't know anything about them. So to judge somebody off two seconds is pretty harsh. Yeah, but what he said, I, there, I don't know how many, what kind of context their context their oh the context was bad no matter what they were talking about they were talking about gay people the in, way he, yeah the way he used how, it yeah. the way he used it it doesn't sound like there's probably a whole lot of nuance or anything to what he to what happened there it, I, it sounded like he said what he said and it was really bad. And in this day and age, there's no, you know, that's my, my brother. I was talking to my brother and my sister about this uh, a little bit ago. And my brother said, it's 2000, in 2020, there's zero tolerance for any mistakes like that. Yep, 100%. That's exactly so, right. So he's I, a professional. He's been a professional for a long time. And I, I, you can blame COVID and not being there and maybe the, the way – because they're not traveling to Kansas City to call the game. They're in Cincinnati calling the game. So right. – you know, there's a weird dynamic throughout the whole thing. But at the same time, man, this is game number like 25. You've been doing it for a while like this. Yeah. You should know yeah. this way too. <laughs> yeah. He, he, it was definitely a big mistake and, and he knows it. And I just, I, I can't. So, well, one thing I have is if, and, and, and Joe Leonard, our, our friend Joe Leonard, um, who was on a couple weeks ago with us, he texts. He texted us in our in our group chat, and that's how I found out. And um, he sent us because it was on Twitter right away, and, yeah. and that's how I saw it. And because Joe texted that to us, the link to Twitter, and um, and so it was on Twitter right away. And so it's it's now. So if Twitter wasn't available, if no, if social media was not around, 
How, how different do you think this would be? I can tell you exactly how different it was because I'll never forget in my life, Charles Barkley, guy I love, right? I love Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go back in time and say I was 18 or 19 years old. So going back almost, what is that, 20 years. Holy cow. <laughs> so going back a long ways, almost 20 years ago, watching the TNT uh, halftime show of the late game, right? So the game starts at like 10, halftime's at what, 11, 11, 15, something silly like that. And they were talking about a guy, I can't remember who it was, a guy who uh, was not, have I ever told you this story? Guy that was not in the game because he had stomach cramps. Oh, yeah. It said he had stomach cramps on there. So they start going to commercial, and you know, every once in a while you can kind of hear him chattering after commercial, talking or whatever. And Chuck's going, oh, 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 I got, I'm on my period, coach. I can't play. I'm on my period. And, and saying stuff like that. Yeah. That kind of thing would not fly now. No, there was no social media. There was no Facebook. Or if there was, you had to, it was back in the time where you had to have a college email address to be even be have it. Like none of that stuff existed. Maybe there was a MySpace. Who knows? So None of that existed. And Charles is known for saying crazy stuff anyway. So maybe nothing would have happened to him. But that's the thing that comes to my head. Like things like that, that I just randomly heard, 90% of the world never heard. 95, 99% of America never heard that. But I stayed up late enough to hear it. This is one of those things without social media. Who knows? It's the pregame of the second part of a doubleheader. Nobody would have heard that. Yeah, I mean, it was in prime time, though. I mean, it was, it was what, 7.30, something like that? I mean, it would have been – no, it would have been late, a little later. Now, I think the game started at 8. The game started at 8.30 or 8 o'clock. It would have been 8 o'clock, right? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it was about 7.40, 7.30, 7 So, I mean, enough people. I mean, there are still kids up and, and uh, you know, there, there, might be some, there might be some parents who have to explain what, they, what their kids heard. Um, you know, I don't know because it was so small of a snidbit and then jumped straight into welcome to Reds Live. If it, I would have heard that, I would have went, huh? Yeah. Me a- because I heard that word. Yeah. But if my son was sitting there, he would have just heard, Welcome back to Reds Live. That's what he would have heard. Because oh. he doesn't know the words that are coming out of any of the mouth of that in that case. Right. Yeah, because even I when I saw the video, I thought there's no way he said what it sounded like, right? It had to have sounded like that. And actually he was saying something else. Like that's, that was really the first, you know, I wasn't trying to apologize for him or anything. I just was like, there's no way. Cause I I don't think of, like you said, we don't know Tom Brenneman personally, but we've known him as a professional broadcaster and we've seen so many games broadcast by that guy. And, you know, he comes across like he tried to explain in his apology during the fifth inning um, he, he, he said, I, I consider myself a, a man of God or a Christian man or whatever. Man of faith. Man of he faith. comes across, yeah, he's a big family guy and everything. Um, but he, uh, he, he didn't, you know, he, he, we all know, we all know a lot of people like that, that are those kind of people, but can also say things when they're just around certain other people or yep. in certain situations. And it's, it's never okay. It never makes it okay to talk like that. But I've known plenty of people that do, and this happened, and, and we've honestly, we've heard stuff like this before, 
in from broadcasters. It happens once in a while. It I think does. I want to say Rick Sutcliffe said something uh, a while it, ago, and he hasn't been around uh, it, since then. And uh, it happens. It, it happens about once every two years. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, unless it was back in the old days where they catch it. And it's just a funny clip for 20, 30 years later, like a John Madden thing or something. Yeah. Then normally you just don't hear from these guys anymore. And in as much as that sucks to it's, it's cancel culture, right? So we bring cancel culture into this a little bit, a little bit because everybody's going to call for somebody's job or somebody's yeah. head and is going to hate a man for a two second snippet of what came out without knowing who that person is. I don't like that personally. He should definitely, I 100% believe that he needs a, so there, there's a suspension, a fine, uh, a, a deep apology, uh, a lot of things that need to happen because of what came out. I'm not 100% in on cancel culture. I'm a big guy of, uh, he used, you know, what's the whole thing? Uh, he used never sinned, can throw the first stone. Yep. Right. I'm a big believer in the, in, in, in that there's a lot of little silly things in the Bible and stuff like that, that, that it's like, okay, that makes sense in any walk of life, whether you're, whether you're Christian, Catholic, Jewish, whatever, right. There's little things like that, that are like, you know what, that makes sense. Who am I to tell this guy he should never have a job again because of a two second snippet after a, you know, 20 year career or longer career of almost being the perfect upstanding citizen you can be. Extreme professionalism. Extreme yeah. professional. That's the word. So it's hard for me to just immediately call for somebody's head because the people that usually do that have skeletons in their closet already. Sure. And I don't want to call for anybody's head. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. You got to be, you got to do something. I mean, pretty, 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 pretty hasty to, uh, for me to call for your head in a situation like that. So this is difficult for me because I've, this, this, the whole cancel culture thing I feel kind of comes into this because I can't stand it. I hate it more than anything in the world that everybody comes out and the second one little thing happens, everybody's against it. Everybody goes here. Now this is different because this is something that, that this comes into this comes into the 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 homophobia and the racial and different all the things that are in our lives right now that are everyone is equal right we are all equal people there's no reason that we should be calling names to anyone i call people dummies all the time that's a whole different thing i was just thinking about calling people names not not the same anyway so it's bad I don't want to be taken the wrong way right now. It's bad. What he did was bad. Yeah. And he's going to be in a lot of trouble and a lot of stuff's going to happen. But it's hard for me to just immediately say that this guy should never broadcast the game again and he should just be kicked out of, kicked out of uh, uh, you know, Fox, the Fox world's life, although Fox is going to probably do that. Yeah, I, I, will, I will not be surprised. Like I said, I think it's going to either happen in the next couple of days or they, if they wait, they'll just suspend them for the rest of the year. And then at the end of the year, um, they might say during sometime during the off season, you know, they might come out and say, you know, they decided to let Tom go or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, and, and it's I wonder how it's going to affect his uh, his calling NFL games on Fox because well, that's that's, that's got to be where he makes his most money, right? For sure, I would think so. But I mean, if he gets if he gets removed from Fox Sports Ohio or whatever, I, I can't imagine he's going to still have that job at least not for the upcoming season. <laughs> who knows? Who knows how long he'll be gone? Who knows where he'll resurface? Or, or how he will. Um, maybe he starts a podcast or something. Who knows? Uh, maybe we have him on this podcast. Uh, maybe he just becomes our third guy. You know, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. If, if Tom Brandman were to decide to start doing this podcast with us, he'd become the first guy because he's got the voice of his dad. And, and uh, it's different it, than his dad, but he's got, he's got a broadcaster it's, voice. It's very. Yeah, it's a broadcaster voice. So, uh, yeah, it, he would he would definitely take us over in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know what? I would have him on to to, to go through to to talk about it. If he were up for you know doing a little PR stint, trying to hit all the pod I mean, all the all the top 10, 15 podcasts on iHeartRadio, right. then I would totally be up for having him on here as us being one of the top five or ten. Uh, 10, 15 podcasts on iHeartRadio. Yeah, I think right now we're number nine. I think we're nine right now. Well, maybe not top five, but top ten. Yeah, because we had a we had a, a good week last week, so we were. Uh, so I think we bumped up a, a spot or two. But anyway, uh, no, it, it's it's a crazy, crazy, crazy night for us because we were right before we came on, all this stuff went down and we're texting and I'm texting people and I'm getting these videos and checking. My Twitter. phone was dead. I'm, I'm currently at 13%. My phone <laughs> was dead. I'm using, I'm, I can only text people that have uh, iPhones because I was getting my text through my iPad. Those are the only people I could see text from. So I finally, right before I came down here to talk to you, I got my phone and I had 15 text messages from other people on my phone. Wow. About all this. Yeah. I'll tell you, I can't wait until we're done here because I'm going to be up way late just going through Twitter. I've been staying off the social media platforms. I deleted Facebook. and our, The only Facebook I have is ours, but I deleted it off my phone. I, do, uh, I had to because I have a very small gig amount of phone. And, dude, that Facebook app is 14 gigs. I, I was using oh. 63.4 of my 64 gigs. I couldn't download anything. I couldn't even take a picture. So I was like, well, that's the biggest app on here. Adios, amigo. I never liked Facebook anyway. And the only time I use it is when we were posting stuff on, on uh, Facebook Live. So now, there we go. I'm, 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 I'm all that free, but I, I, I don't know what to do about this Tom Brenneman thing, man. This is one of the – it hits – home for us too because we're Reds fans and his dad is such a big reason we've talked about it before he's a big reason of why we are even right here doing this zoom call right now the biggest reason so you know my life I wanted to be Marty Brennan that's all I wanted to I mean besides being a, a baseball player I wanted to be Marty Brennan so this is uh you know, to see his son who followed in his footsteps and actually was Marty Brenneman for the Reds on TV side. This is absolutely amazing to me. And I'm very interested to see what happens. I'm going to go here and say, I'm not 100% for killing a man's career. 
on 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 this on this point. I you know I think people deserve a second chance. I don't think he's had any other instances where he's he's had some instances where he said some things that people didn't agree with. Yeah. But they were baseball related and and uh, you know the whole uh, Ozzy Albies. Albies and and uh, what's the other guy over there? Uh, with uh, the yeah. So with those, you know, that whole thing with those two, but that wasn't necessarily, uh, that wasn't necessarily, you know, a racial remarks or anything like that. I think people try to make them that way, but he was basically just trying to say of where they came from, uh, you know, dirt poor in the country that they came from, things like that. He was talking about the money that they're passing up and could have made that they gave up to do what they were doing in Atlanta. Yeah. Anyway, so he's done things that people didn't like, but never anything like this. Never anything like this. Yeah, you know, I, I and we were even talking about this a couple of weeks ago um, before Joe came on with us. I, I, the, especially the last few years, for some reason, I feel like he's been a little bit different. Like I, I have not cared for him on, on TV very much the last couple of years. Because when he first came on, I was really excited, and I was like, man, this is like he's a national broadcaster. He's Marty's son. I loved when they did games together. They didn't do very many, but when they did games together for a little bit on the radio, I was I loved, loved, loved that. Um, and I thought it was really good at first. And then I don't know if, he's, if it's, he was just getting a little older or something, and he was just getting a little – he was a little – getting a little bit too close to George Grand to me. And I was not a big George Grand fan. Hold on a second. But here's the thing. I can't understand that. George Grand was the most politically correct, nice person in the world. But but that's what I think Tom was was becoming. And and that's what I think he was. I think that's what the image of, of him was. Um, I think. And There's but a he lot of just, people that do not like Tom Brown. Yeah, I I I didn't care for him very much the last couple of years. I didn't. And it has nothing to do with tonight. I, I was saying that the last couple of years I've been saying that I, I just haven't been as big a fan. I just, I feel like he's just over the top with his, like he's almost too broadcast guy, like almost too much. And uh, the way he says things, the way he, I, I just got a little tired of his vocal mannerisms or something. I, I don't know. He just had his little things that he would say all the time and that's funny because i love that stuff that's the stuff that i love about broadcasters but he was just a little too corny or cheesy with it or something i don't know what it was about it was just the way he would call things it was like it was like not when something exciting happened i never thought he was good at calling like big exciting moments yeah did you hear him call the nick castellanos home run today well yeah that was right in the middle of (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to laugh at that. That's I feel bad for laughing, but you know, listen, we talk about this when we do our comedy segment, which by the way, sorry, is not happening today because I screwed that up. But uh uh I, I feel bad kind of bad laughing, but if you can't laugh at a little the little subtle things in our in life, then it's no fun. He totally Nick Castellanos comes up, first batter of the inning, second pitch, and hits a bomb in the fifth inning while Tom is in the middle of almost breaking down into tears apologizing for what he had said and he has to pause it so he can say that's a drive hit deep and that's going to be gone so i said this (laughs) man 
It, that was really funny. That's one of the things, that's an example of one of the things that kind of got on my nerves. Now, Tom was a guy, and, and I can appreciate this. I used to not care for it, but I can appreciate it now because I think it's, it's correct. And I, I, I definitely appreciate when broadcasters are specific about being correct about name pronunciation because I think you have to be. If you are a professional broadcaster, you need to be able, you need to do your research, go talk to the guy. It makes you say, sound stupid. Uh, yeah, I, I need, you need to pronounce everybody's name. But Tom would like overpronounce. And he, the first time I heard him say Nick Castellanos' name, which I, I think now I'm pronouncing that wrong because I'm hearing everybody say Castellanos. But the first time I heard it, Tom was like, Nick Castellanos or something like he like tried to make it like like, man poor guy's having a little bit of fun with somebody's last name and everybody gives him types you know what (laughs) here you are jump on a bandwagon adam schmidt never heard you say a bad word about tom brenneman in my life (laughs) yes you have That's true. I have heard you say a bad word about Tom Brenneman. I apologize. Never heard me say a bad word about Tom Brenneman. And I will, and I still, that, that, so I'm not jumping on that bandwagon fully. I mean, I'll, I'll stand on a wheel, but I'm not. You know some, something needs to happen. You know, he needs to be suspended. He's going to go away. But, but you, you believe he, he, he'll get another chance and you believe that he should at some point, right? do and and i'm in a i'm a big proponent of second chances listen i am not the most i'm not the best person in the world i've done some stupid stuff in my life and i've been lucky enough number one most of the time it didn't end up you know hurting me in any way and number two eh, most of the time i get a second chance of course we've all done we've all done stuff we've all gotten second chances we've all probably gotten third and fourth chances in some cases Um, this, this unfortunately was on a at least it, it, it's a different world. You're getting paid a certain amount of money. You're getting you're 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 doing it. You're 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 a C or D list celebrity at this point in time. Maybe a C. I mean, as a national football yeah. broadcaster in the NFL, that puts you is one of the most watched people on earth on TV. So yeah, you're you're basically a C list celebrity. So you're getting paid to be that person. So yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal for somebody like that. So they're, see, now here I am cutting back. Maybe, maybe I feel like he should get even more, even more than just a slap, not a slap on the wrist, but a suspension and another chance because that's, you just can't do that. You can't do that, Tom. Can't do it. You can't do that. Yeah, and, and it's right now, it's regional. It's, it's worldwide, honestly, because it's already on social media. But tomorrow, Tomorrow morning, about six o'clock in the morning, when all the when all the morning shows come on TV and radio and all that stuff, it's yep. going to be absolutely national news, um, and it, this is going to blow up. It's for for a day or two. It's going to be a big big news story nationwide. They're going to be talking about Tom Brennan being Donald Trump's buddy and all kinds of goofy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's when it's going to get real stupid. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, stuff like that's going to come out. Sure. I'm looking for Twitter. I'm looking for Twitter on my iPad. I don't have it on my iPad. So I, I wonder if ESPN's gotten a hold of this yet because it's going to happen. It will. It's going to be put out there, and that's when things are going to get really crazy. And yeah, it is what it is. So, all right. Speaking of people doing doing things, 
do, based do, based Tom, are we done with, with Tom? I feel like we're just going to talk in circles. Yeah. We're, we we're done with, we're done with Tom saying with that theme of controversy in baseball, right? Yeah. So, so what happened last night, this has been the big story, probably the biggest story in sports today as we you know, on this Wednesday, as we're talking, because last night, Padres Rangers, uh, two nights ago, two nights ago, Padres Rangers, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's leading the world in home runs and RBIs, uh, tw- was he 21 years old, something like that, came up, was, was fantastic last year, and is setting the world on fire this year so far uh, in this shortened season and, and looking like an MVP right now, uh, is hit a grand slam, all right, against the Rangers on a 3-0 count in the eighth inning, up seven. So that was – it's considered by a lot of baseball people, probably mostly older heads, um, as being one of those unwritten rules. You don't swing at a 3-0 pitch up seven in the eighth inning. Or so I've heard. Or so everybody's been talking about, right? Uh, yeah. So that's the first thing I need to know. Now, now, uh, so we need to set it up like this. So the, the problem is people are going to have an issue, but uh, Rangers manager Chris Woodward, after the game, was asked about it and said, you know what, no, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it very much. I think there's a, there's a thing you, you shouldn't – you're not really supposed to do that, right? Now, he, let me make it clear – that he wasn't like shouting it from the rooftops. He wasn't dying to get on to talk about how terrible Tatis is or the Padres or anything like that. He, he even said, you know, I don't think it was the right thing. I don't like it, but we are, we are, uh, things are being challenged right now. You know, kind of typical things are being challenged, meaning in this day and age, backflips and all the kind of stuff that I normally don't like <laughs> are yep. being, are being challenged and, and they're being um, it's more okay now to, to do that kind of stuff. And kind of the old traditional unwritten rule stuff is it, it's not the same as it used to be. So he said that, but he didn't like it. Um, let me first ask you that. So what is your opinion on just just not even what Chris Woodward said, just swinging on a 3-0 pitch in the eighth inning up seven? Okay, so – Is it swipe left or swipe right? <laughs> swipe right. I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. There are unwritten rules that I'm totally for. We've had this conversation all the time. Like, you know, uh, the, the throwing at batters and doing things like this, you know, we've had this argument a million times on this podcast. However, there, there are a lot of unwritten rules that uh, it's a different game now, right? You know, we're not playing small ball era. We're not in a dead ball era where games end, you know, four to three, five to, you know, five to two, or, you know, it's, it, we're not in these eras anymore. Yeah. You know, a four-run inning happens all the time. It's not – you know, that it's constant. Four or five-run innings happen all the time. So, that being said – um, Fernando Tatis first said that he didn't know anything about this, that he, that he, he said that I, you know, he, you know, he's been playing baseball since he, for however, 13 years or something, I think he said, and, and he didn't know about it, but now he knows about it 
and he probably won't swing at something like that in the future. Number one, I hate that. I don't necessarily want you to go up there and be the cocky, brash Bryce Harper and be like, listen, I get paid to hit bombs. If I get a free pitch, I'm taking it and I'm hitting bombs. I don't want that. But I think it is okay to say, listen, uh, it, I know it was a seven-run seven game. Yep, at the time it was 10-3. to three. In the seventh or sixth? It was in the eighth inning. In the eighth inning. I understand that it was a seven-run game. But I totally believe that you need to get runs when you can get runs. Mm -hmm. And that's why I knew I would get a good pitch 3-0, and I wanted to hit it. And he did. He took it the other way. I mean, he hit it the other way and hit it out. I mean, it wasn't like he – you know what I mean? It wasn't like – And the guy uh -huh. – he didn't, he didn't barely drip that thing over the right field corner. He hit no. that thing opposite field gap. <laughs> yeah, I smoked it. But he knew he was getting a good pitch. And, yeah. and if, it was, if it was middle out, he was going to go with it and blow it into that gap. I guarantee that's what he wanted to do, drive some runs in. Because Fernando Tatis gets paid, even though probably not that much right now, <laughs> as the youngster he is, he gets paid to drive in runs. Okay? In that case, I don't, I don't like that, that. The thing that got me the most about this was his manager. His manager was upset, and his manager had a word with him. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that he came out and said something like that. If he had a word with him, that's fine. But I don't like that it all came out about how the conversation went. I don't like any of that in any way, shape, or form. We are in a game where games end, you know, 9 to, nine to 8 or 12 to 10 all the time. Yeah. Seven runs isn't like you're, like you're, you know, home free. Even if it's two innings away, you see four and a three next to innings all the time in baseball. I think this is stupid. I think the fact that it got as much run as it did is ridiculous. I do want to say, though, that there is a place for unwritten rules in baseball, such as this one, the 3-0 the the 3-0 take, I believe on a little league and um, you know uh, younger kids kind of a kind of a deal where if you're up by quite a bit and it's late in the game and it's ugly and you're beating the brakes off of somebody and 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 they're not really doing well, you give take signs and you're making sure your kids are not taking advantage of other kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 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 for that on a lower level. If I'm the coach of the worst team of the of the team that's not as good and it happens to me, I'm not saying a word. I'll have a little there'll be a little chip on my shoulder next time I play them. Mm. And I might, you know, when I say, "Hey, you know, good game to everybody." I might just get I'll say good game to all the kids and I might go up to the coach and not say a word to them. There's certain things I or to the kid even that hit it and just fist bump but I'm not going to be I – don't, I don't think there's room for that. You carry that shit. That's part of the unwritten rules. If somebody breaks it, you don't come out and tell everybody how terrible he is. You keep that chip on your shoulder, and you bring it into the next time you play. So the fact that they threw behind um, – what's his face? The very Manny next Machado. batter? Manny Machado. The very next pitch, 
throws behind Manny Machado. Boom. Ejection, warnings, at least warnings, but I feel like an ejection is taking place at that moment in time. How in God's name does that not happen? That's, I feel like that is bigger than the swinging at the, three, at the 3-0 pitch. It's, I can't believe that's not getting as much run as swinging at the 3-0 pitch. Yeah. And so you, you, you just answered all the questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> but, but, um, I tend to get long-winded. I apologize. No, 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 that's okay. Um, but so since you mentioned that, I want to go into that. So they – and I, I even saw somebody compare it to the Joe Kelly thing. Like Joe Kelly got suspended eight games for throwing at a guy, and this yep. guy didn't even get a warning in the game. Now, since then – A warning. So, so it was – now, number one, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit the home run off of Juan Nicasio, and then a pitching change happened. Ian, uh, Ian Jabot for the Rangers, relief pitcher for the Rangers, was brought in. First pitch to Manny Machado, next batter, like you said, behind him. I, I, you know, I think he looked down at his hand or something and tried to do that – you know, he could try to do the – almost sure. like a flop. Yeah. Almost yeah. like flopped. Oh man! Uh, yeah, yeah. I slipped out of my hand. Everybody knew. Everybody knew, and that's why I have no clue why the the umpires got together and talked about it and decided, nah, no big deal. You know, <laughs> how's that? How is that possible? I don't understand that. But um, oh, since then, so the Rangers manager Chris Woodward got a one game suspension. We found out, and then uh, Ian Jabot got a three game. So he's suspended for three games. Um, so how do you, what do you think about that? Is that now that after the game, obviously they made a mistake by not ejecting him or even warning anybody, but three game suspension, are you okay? Is that too much, too little? No, I mean, I, the, the, when it comes to suspensions, I think it's all ridiculous. You're not hurting any of these guys unless you take a big old chunk of money out of their pocket. So whatever, suspend a, a relief pitcher for three games. He might've pitched in one of them. I could care less about that. I, that's so stupid to me how that works. Um, I I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I think the suspension thing for pitchers is completely out of whack, and they need to start having something that is set in place for this. There needs to be a a a major league baseball has has needs to have a first, second, third time offender kind of a deal. How many games doing each thing is. And just when it happens, boom, there's your suspension. This is what you get. That's it. It's over. Or throw some – you, you got to pay a bunch of money because that's what's hurting these guys more than anything. Take yeah. their money from them. That's what is going to do it more. So before we get out of this, I don't know if you have this as one of your questions, but I'm interested in this to you. Okay. Very next game, fourth inning. That same guy who threw behind Manny Machado, Gibraltar, whatever his name is, is on the mound. Okay? It is six to nothing, I believe, at the time. Bottom of the fourth. Top, sorry, top of the fourth, six to nothing, uh, two outs. Manny, man, uh, sorry, uh, Fernando Tatis is on second base and steals third. And in two days, Fernando Tatis has broken two unwritten baseball rules. How do you feel about the stolen base at that moment in time? To me, that's not, that's not part of the unwritten rule. 
if, if it was the fourth, you said it was the fourth inning? It's the fourth inning. Six nothing? Yeah. You are so far away from the end of that game, and six runs is nothing in the fourth inning. I'm going to tell you this. If anything, I'm more mad at Tatis about this, but not about unwritten rules because there was no reason for him to run unless he thought he saw something because he ran before he threw the pitch. Yep. So he thought he saw something in the way he was looking him back. It happens a lot. Pitchers get in a groove. They look back. They come set. They throw to the plate. They look back. They come set. They go to the plate. Guys on first or second. And as soon as they look back and come set, before they even go to the plate, they're taking off because they're in a, those pitchers get in a routine. So that had to have happened in this case. But dude never he, – he looked back again, stepped off, and should have thrown him out. But the third baseman wasn't in the right position to take the throw. So I'm more mad at Tatis at this because it was just – it almost looked like bad base running, even though he ended up being safe. They had to challenge it. He ended up being safe. But, yeah, the fourth inning, no, I'm sick of all of this stuff. I – listen, let the kids play is a way to go. Baseball's had unwritten rules forever. Some of them I'm still for. Some of them, you know what? It's a different game than it was 110 years ago. Yeah. So I want to bring it to this for you, though. In basketball, mm-hmm. you're up by 25, and you don't take your starters out. You don't take your starters out. And there's a couple minutes left. And, you know, James Harden has got 58 points, and he wants 60. And everybody keeps feeding him the ball until he gets 60. And you're up by, you know, 30. How do you feel about something like that? Because I feel like that is an unwritten rule. Okay, you're up by 30. It's time to get these guys out. Take them out. You know, put the scrubs in. This game's over. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought about this. And um, it, it, to me, I was thinking, it, thinking about it more along the lines of being up late and just like shooting threes late in the game when you're up by so much, or all that with Murray and and Kyrie Irving getting pissed off and throwing the ball into the stands, right? Because it was, and and that was to me that was different because they were it was a 10, 12 point game or whatever it was, and the clock was running out. They were dribbling the ball out, but that's an unwritten rule. You dribble it out, and the right. game goes right, and that's. But to me, that was – you had the ball, last possession. Nobody was trying to foul. Nobody was trying to steal the ball, anything like that. The game was over. It was, you know, five seconds left or whatever. Like you said, you know, ba- baseball is not timed. You have to get outs. You have to get people out. I, I understand that. But the, the, it's not the point of being timed. I don't want to get back into this whole thing again. That's, that's not the same thing. I'm talking about the unwritten rule mm-hmm. of you're up by f- – 10 or 12 or 13 with eight seconds left. The other team cannot win, and yet you got the ball, you're dribbling it out, and then you chuck a three at the end of the game. Yeah, when, when I'm – The when time I'm is beyond the point besides the fact that the game's almost over. That's all I mean by that. Yeah, when, when, I've, when I've been playing and I've been in that situation and it, you know, somebody's – the team I'm playing is up and they have the game won and it's last possession and they're dribbling it out or whatever – and a guy wants to – because it happens more often in, like, uh, in rec leagues that we play in because guys just want to get crazy half-court shots up or long three or whatever because yeah. it's fun. But that doesn't bother me in that situation at all. See, I can care less it kind of it, it does me – it kind of does bother me because I'm already – I've already lost. And <laughs> so I'm already – I already feel like garbage, you know, like yep. – uh, so, so don't – if you're, if you're up, you know – 
if you're up at all in the and it's there's five three five six ten seconds left or whatever and we're not fouling we know the game's over we're just waiting for the clock to run out don't shoot the ball if you're winning we're the game's over we're not playing anymore if you you're shooting the ball you're trying to score more on me if that's the case then i'm gonna play defense on you all right let's have an understanding here sure. um, because I'm not, I don't want to just let you, if you're still playing the game, I'm going to still play the game. But are they still playing the game? A lot of the times they're just standing there dribbling it out and then there's no time left and they just throw it up. They just throw it up. And they're not necessarily playing the game. I mean, they're just chucking they're trying it up. To, they're trying to score. Now, that doesn't happen very often in the NBA. It doesn't. But like I said, in rec leagues, like we play in and stuff like that, that happens sometimes. And, that, and that's you're bothered me that. in the past. But you're against that. I'm against that. Yeah. Um, but like when I'm coaching, how far off is this from that? It, it's not as it's it's not the same. I don't think it, it's I'm not saying I'm, I didn't say it was the same. I said, how far off is it? It's it, it's close enough that it made me think about this earlier in the day. So I was exactly. kind of prepared. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is close enough to, to at least make some sort of correlation. But um, I, I think it's far enough off, though, that it's there, there are different circumstances because of the way the sports are played. And that's why I brought up the time thing, um, because there is a difference. There is a difference in that. And um, but but, you know, like I was going to say, when I'm coaching, I'm so aware if we if my team is up 10, 15, 20 points and it's the fourth quarter. You know, if, if it's if we're clearly better than the other team and they're not going to come back. Then I'm thinking, you know, four minutes, three minutes left, something like that. Let's make sure our starters are out. If we're up by 20, 25, before that even, probably not even going to play the starters in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, and, and we're not – we're certainly not pressing. We're not shooting threes. We're talking about passing the ball around and trying to get some layups, trying to work on – you know, maybe we're working on executing plays that we're not doing well or something like that. Yeah. To get to get decent shots, but we're not jacking up threes and we're not, you know, I, I don't necessarily think in those situations in basketball that you have an opportunity to run that you stop doing that, but you're not trying to push. So, you, so you don't you wouldn't stop your team from running if you're if there's uh, if there's two minutes left in a game and you're up by 25 and we have and the right personnel in. If we have our our last people on the bench in and you just aren't running back on defense, period, then we're gonna go down and score. I I, I mean, you have to still you still have to play defense. You still there's a little part of me that will always say at some point in time, you gotta put your foot on your opponent's neck and stomp them out. You know what I mean? You've got to put the nail in the coffin. You've got to – there's all the different – you know, stand on their neck. You've heard all the different cliches. Yeah. And I totally believe in that a little bit. Well, not a little bit. I believe in that. Yeah. To a certain extent, till you put the nail in the coffin. Yes. And you're trying to drive nails on top of nails that are already in the coffin. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I want to make it clear that I, w I would never say – tell my team to run. I would mm -hmm. never say, you know, we're up 15 and there's two minutes left. Run, run, and try to beat them down the floor and score as much as you can. We're not doing that. We are pulling it back. But also, if you've got 16, 17-year-old kids 
and they get a rebound and they look up and they are got two guys out in front of the entire defense and they throw it out and get a breakaway layup with a minute left, you're not necessarily yelling at them either. Maybe you know, not. And I'm starting to feel like I'm going to backpedal on this because I, I, I am putting myself in that situation because we had, we had a couple situations last year like that. And I, and I do feel that way. I, I feel like just pull it back, you know, like, but if you, if you throw it down and there's a guy and you're there underneath the basket by yourself with the ball, you're not pulling it back. You're putting it in the basket. If there's, you know, if there's, if it's the last possession, if there's 10 seconds or less left, pull it back. Pull it back. yeah, pull it back there. Yeah. Pull it back. If there's, if there's over a minute in left, your case, like in your that, case, there, you know, in high school basketball, there's not a shot clock. So, right. Every possession could be the last possession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You kind of, you kind of get a feel for the game though. That's the, that's what, that's what I mean. You know, you, you get a feel by that time, by the fourth quarter, you know, if you're way better than a team, if you're getting slammed by a team, if you're pretty even, you, you kind of get a feel for how that's going to go. And, yeah. and same, I'm sure, in baseball. You, I'm sure you've coached baseball games where you guys are smoking a team because they, they have nobody that can play. Or, you know, you might have been in a situation where you're down 15 runs in the, you know, fifth inning or whatever, and you're like, okay, let's, let's do our best to finish this thing off, but let's not drag this out for another hour. Swing hard. Oh, I, no, see? If I'm the team that's down, see, here's the point of, of non-time games. This is a difference in baseball. If I'm, a, if I'm a, here, and this is the other thing, because it's not timed, it's the seventh, it was the eighth inning of a game. And the other team is a professional baseball team that it has probably, in the last year or two, put up a seven, eight, nine, ten run inning before has probably done that. They're professional baseball players. Yep. So they're not going to give up. When it's their turn to hit next in the bottom of the eighth inning, Yeah. they're still trying to win. Mm -hmm. So there's part – I'm going to tell you right now, I'm totally good with the swing. Yep. I, say, I say, Fernando, don't apologize. Get out there and swing, big fella. Get your hacks in. You get paid to drive in runs. Your life depends on how you do that way. You now have a batting average that will be uh, – the next time that you want to sign a contract, something that might show up in your arbitration or in your negotiations is um, average with runners in scoring position or bases loaded – uh, you know, stats with bases loaded, all these different things are going to come up to where you are able to say, I have this many of this. I drove in this many runs. I did this. It's, it, this becomes a business now, man. It's not a rec league. It's a business. So to a certain extent, I'm okay with you. I'm not okay with you leaning into a pitch if it's the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth and I work, well, whatever, bottom of the ninth, uh, two outs and a guy's got a perfect game. I'm not into you leaning into a pitch to go walk down to first base. I'm in for you getting up there and being aggressive and trying to hit, but to lean into a pitch that irritates me. Like that, what happened to Scherzer a few years back. That's terrible. That is an unwritten rule that that's one of the ones that's good. This dude, this is your this your livelihood. This is big things. That's four runs batted in. You're there to hit home runs. Go up there and grab it, dude. Grip it and rip it. 
Yeah, I, I don't. If you're if you're doing it for to to you know pad stats or something, I don't like it from that perspective. But it's not padding I, stats. It's it's adding padding stats and adding to your stats. I think are two different things. I think if I, I'm sorry, I, I mean to interrupt, but I, I just mean I mean that if your if your mindset is you're trying to score runs because the game's not over and it's not it's not so far it's not so far distance between the, between the scores that you're you're completely comfortable. You know, a couple of years ago, I saw somebody put this on Twitter. Um, I think the Rangers may have may have beaten the Orioles like thirty to three. So that that kind of made me think: what is the what is the margin that you're comfortable saying? Okay, because I th- I feel like there probably is one, right? I you know, is it ten runs? Is it fifteen runs? If you're up fifteen runs and it's the eighth inning, are you swinging three O's still just as okay? Yeah, but just because they won thirty to nothing or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that they're swinging three O at that case. No, no, but I'm saying, but, what, but is that, what is the margin that it stops being as okay? I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to say to tell a big league hitter it's a three zero count. You're gonna get not every hitter, not every hitter, right? Uh, uh, you know, Nixon Zell's not getting a green light in that case. And and did they give? I heard somebody say that possibly they gave him a take sign. That's now, what I wanted to ask. That was the big thing I wanted to ask you. I think that's a big part that comes into this. That's a big thing. If he missed a sign, then he's getting fined and everything else inside his dugout anyway. There's little things happening in there that he's getting in trouble for, and that's on him, right? That the, the coaching staff. I would have given him the take sign. Uh, personally, personally, I would have. For us, I'm not a major league baseball coach, and if they gave him the green light, I'm also not mad about that either. Yeah. So you would give him the take sign in uh, because of because of that, not necessarily that unwritten rule, but for um, for no, no, uh, sportsmanship, of, for sportsmanship, or the exact reason, sportsmanship, which okay. becomes the unwritten rule of sportsmanship. That's basically the unwritten rule is sportsmanship. All of the unwritten rules are sportsmanship rules, right? You did that. You showed me up. That's unsportsmanlike. I'm throwing at you. Unwritten rule games. You know, it it almost always comes down to sportsmanship when it comes down to unwritten rules. Yeah. I, I, I agree with the sportsmanship being the unwritten rule. Like that's why you don't show a guy up, but I don't agree with then you're allowed, then it's, sportsmanship to throw at a guy. I don't think, I think it's not no, okay. No, no, I'm, I understand where you're coming yeah. from. And, and I don't want to bring that into this situation. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to get into that. But I, I, I did want to say because that is, a, to me, that's a little bit different. It's not the initial act. It's the act mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. It's what you're doing to police the unsportsmanlike conduct you feel like you saw. However, do I feel it's unsportsmanlike to swing way like he did? Not necessarily 100%. Now, who was it? Max Kellerman had a funny point today. He goes, so, so it's unsportsmanlike to know you're getting a gem down the middle of the plate and go ahead and attack it and kill it. But it's, it's sportsmanlike to know a, team, know a guy can't throw a strike 
and has walked the last two batters and has you 3-0 and you just let him walk in another run. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's not like it's not like it was an automatic home run. He was going to get a good pitch, and he's he's hitting home runs at a bigger clip than anybody else. But, but not exactly. he was just going to put a good swing on it, and it was a good swing, and he got a good pitch, and it, it went out of the ballpark. If it didn't go out of the ballpark, what happens if he hits a double? It's not as big a deal for everybody. I it, think it's still talking about it. Yeah, but not the way that it's being talked about. Right, and maybe he. I don't know if he if if Manny Machado gets thrown at or not after that. If it's if it's a double or a single or something like that, who knows? But that was the big thing, Chris. Really, I wanted to because that was kind of a, a little kind of offset interesting point to me was that Jace Tingler, the Padres manager, um, did kind of say after the thing that he didn't agree with it either. He didn't think he should have been swinging either. That irritated the hell out of me. The only re- that's the only thing about that. The only thing that I can say about that is that they, that that Tatis missed a take sign. That's what that's specifically was, what I mean. He was mad at him for missing the take sign or ignoring the take sign to hit. In that case, 100% as a manager, I'm pissed. I'm not saying it out out in front. Okay. Cuz I think there are certain things, there's a lot of things that don't need to be said to the media, especially against a young kid that's been nothing but great for your team. Mm-hmm. He, gets, he gets a chance or two. Maybe he's already had those chances, and I don't know about it. I'm not in San Diego. I don't know. Maybe it was its fourth chance, and at this point in time, the manager's like, I got to throw this kid under the bus to get, his, to get his attention. That could totally be. Phil Jackson used to be, was, was known for doing things like that, right? Certain managers will throw people under the bus to get their attention. Yeah. But usually you got to do something a lot in order for that to happen because that's an inside the locker room thing. So once again, this is the whole cancel culture thing, right? Like I say, I'm really mad at the, um, at the coach, but I'm not really mad at him because I don't know the backstory. Yeah. If the backstory is A, then yeah, I'm pissed off at the coach for doing what he did. But if it's B, then I totally understand why he did it. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like it's right to, for me in my state to be able to say either way. He called it a learning opportunity. And, I, you know, he, he didn't – I think Jace Tingler said um, that he didn't agree with swinging on 3-0. And so if that's the case – and that's – I think that's – almost a separate thing than, and I think you're agreeing with that, a separate thing than missing a take sign. Um, so, yeah. But, but there, are, there are words out there. I have heard reports that he, that he was given the take sign and swang through it. Yeah, because and, and, he did mention that. And, and that's what I – that was a bigger deal to me. If he, if he missed the take sign, then, yeah, I'm a little more mad at Fernando Tatis for, for doing that. Yeah, for sure. It's, and then it's two different things. Then I don't know who Fernando Tatis Jr. is. Mm-hmm. Is, he, is he Bryce Harper who is deliberately disobeying his third base coach or his manager? I say Bryce Harper. I don't even know that Bryce Harper is a terrible guy. Like, is he a cocky son of a gun? How about that? Who is deliberately disobeying his manager or his third base coach So, because he knows he's going to get, you know, a cookie? and going to be able to put a good swing on it. 
And maybe or, he wants, maybe he's thinking about stats. Or selfishly. It, yeah, exactly. Or is he a young kid that literally just missed it? Mm-hmm. Listen, growing up, the thing that scared me to death was missing a sign. It scared me to death because we had big rules growing up, man. If you missed a sign, you you were a lot of times you get benched. Like if you if I give you a sign and you miss it, you could you could really put your team in a bad situation. If it's a hit and run and you miss it, you know, the guy on first isn't stealing the base like he normally would. It's it's an extra jump and then a go, right? So he's behind. He's gonna get thrown out easily, usually. You know, different things like I, I, I stealing home. I looked at my coach and looked at him and said, Hey, give him the take sign. I'm going home. If that guy misses the take sign and swings, I've got a busted face. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, and you can, you can damage your team by missing signs. So it scared me to death to miss a sign. We always had, not always, but a lot of years we had, uh, you know, you have your third base coach who gives you a sign, and then you had to, if you got a sign and you saw it, then you touched your belt before you went up, and that was your way of saying, I saw that I had the take sign. Like, he gives you a take sign, you touch your belt, you saw that you got an actual sign and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, if, you know, if, if it's hit and run, touch your belt. All right, I saw the hit and run. I'm coming up. It's just an example. And then if you didn't get a sign, you just walk up back up to the plate, right? And then the third base coach can call time because now he knows you didn't get the sign. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's all different things that can happen. A lot in Major League Baseball, you're not having all that. That's more for kids to make sure they're catching on to what you're you're giving them. Right. But it's a – it's – to miss a sign was a bad thing when I was young, dude. You did not want to miss a sign. Now, for a guy who's the absolute greatest player on your team, maybe the best player in the uh, National League, yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. Yeah, I was. You know, I've seen. So they're obviously in social media, especially like Twitter. Everybody has an opinion about this story, and I, I would say I've seen zero, maybe one persons say you know not come to Fernando Tatis's defense uh, all, pretty much everybody has said it is insane that people are making a big deal that he swung on 3-0 I mean most people are I think of the of the belief that he didn't do anything wrong um, that was the other thing is and I don't want to keep harping on this but Eric Hosmer who was a who's a veteran on that team um, you know f- from all accounts that I've always heard good guy in the clubhouse uh, you know, good veteran presence. From what I understand he got on base or came or said said or maybe a shot, like gave a signal across to the dugout or something. Let the Rangers know we'll talk to him. He said we'll talk to him. Like he was going to talk to him and tell him like you don't do that, man. That's not right. That's not something. Yeah. So and then they showed a clip of Eric Cosmer in after that happened in the dugout next to Fernando Fernando Tatis talking to him about it and um so that was another thing that uh, another guy on his own team that kind of was like you know what he really shouldn't have done that that is kind of you know breaking sort of a, 
an unspoken and unwritten rule. Um, so I don't know. I, he got it from another, from a veteran guy too. My, my whole thing, I think my whole thing comes down to if I'm, if I'm the Rangers, I feel like I'm more upset with the coaching staff because if you didn't give him the take sign and he swung away, you guys made the mistake. Not the young player, not the not the twenty year old kid, not the twenty whatever he is, twenty two year old kid. You guys made a mistake. Now, if the kid didn't get the sign, then the conversation isn't about the unwritten rule. The conversation is about the sign you missed, and then why I gave you the sign. So, sure, it's not necessarily for an unwritten rule. It's for the fact that we're beating the brakes off these guys, which I guess is the unwritten rule. So. Anyway, 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 anyway. Someday we're going to make a list of unwritten rules and go over which ones are good or bad. I think that'd yeah. be fun. We, we could do a long time on that. Um, the, the, the only other thing, though, was this story made me realize how out of it I am because I had no idea Chris Woodward was the Rangers manager. I <laughs> never – I have never heard of Jace Tingler in my life. <laughs> and he is the manager of a major league baseball team. And I consider myself a major league baseball fan. Oh, that just made good. me realize like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really out of it right now. Um, so anyway, that was the funny thing to me was I'm, like like, I'm learning who these managers are in the, uh, on the managers on the around so much in major league baseball anymore. You can't keep up with anybody. Yeah. It's tough. Um, okay, so something that's that's going a little easier, and, and that's so that's one of the other things is um, people are coming out and, and probably not totally fairly, but people are really jumping on baseball in general, kind of making a generalization about baseball that baseball is making a big deal about this stupid unwritten rule, and this is what's wrong with baseball, and this is why people don't like baseball anymore because of these un. Because it's so dumb that baseball is making this big deal about what Fernando Tatis did, um, which I don't think is totally fair to just generalize and say baseball is doing this. I don't think so either because every sport has unwritten rules. Just because baseballs are older and and some of them are a little out there, and they get more doesn't, make, doesn't mean that they're not the only ones. And if the the football's got unwritten rules. Baseball, basketball's got unwritten. We every sport has unwritten rules. You know, if you're in the NHL and you're up by, you're up five nothing, and you get a power play, you're not putting your number one power play team out there. You're putting some some scrubs out there to to go out and and move around. There's there's all different kinds of things when it comes to stuff like that. Everybody's got unwritten rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people were kind of piling on a little bit there, but. Um, it, they were making the comparison like, you know, comparing like while baseball, you know, continues to, you know, make an embarrassment of itself, this is happening for the NBA, which normally makes me feel good because that's my, that's my sport. But um, I didn't feel like that was totally fair to baseball when I saw a couple of people say something like that. But it was kind of the, what I was thinking about when I was trying to make the transition to now we've, we're talking NBA playoffs. Uh, which is the really exciting thing. Um, but we, you know, those, those two baseball stories were so big that we had to lead off with those. 
you know, especially the Tom Brennan thing. But um, yeah, we spent a long time on that, and and yeah, it is what it is. But, but the yeah. biggest thing going on right now is obviously the NBA playoffs. Exactly. So um, I thought it would be it would be fun because last week we still weren't positive who the eight seed in the West was going to be. Right. And by the way, that game between Memphis, first of all, the Phoenix Suns just blew everybody away. They were so impressive. They won all of their games in the bubble. And they still the game in the bubble and still didn't make the playoffs. Still didn't make it because these other teams that had to win, Memphis and Portland, won their games that they had to win. It made for really exciting, exciting basketball games at the end of the year to get into this in this special playoff scenario. Chris, I want the eight seed in both conferences to be determined by this play-in game every single year from now on. That was so exciting. That game, the Memphis-Portland game, first of all, the games leading up to that, that they had to win and Phoenix had to win, those games were so great because they were must-win games and they were close games, they were good games. And then the Memphis-Portland game to win that eight seed ended up being a great game, such a good game. Then shorten the season. Then shorten the season. Don't play 86 games, 82 games. And then say, okay, well, I got a team that's four games out, but we're going to have a play-in game for that last seed. I no, think it needs, we played it needs to be a little small. Game, that's no, that's not. I don't like that. If you're going to shorten the season, whatever, play, do what you want to do with something like that. But if you're not going to shorten the season, I hate having a team that is unless they're tied. I'm totally down for that. They're tied. They played 162 games. They played 80. What is it? 80. How many games they play in the NBA? 82. 82 games in the NBA. And 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 you have a tie, your your record is the same. Okay, let's do it. Well, of course. Let's get it on. One game. Let's go. That's fun. I totally think that is a fun time. That is so exciting. But if there's two, three games, even one game in between them, we just played 82 games. I beat you. I have a better record than you at the end of the year. I win the playoff spot. When this, when they first talked about this as being a, a rule that they were going to do just for this special scenario because of the, how the season went down, I didn't like it. And I mostly didn't like it because you had to, you only had to be within like four games and that's too much. I think that's too much. I agree. But, and I also felt like, because, yes, you did play this whole season and you won enough games in that time to, to be in that eight seed, then I was like, okay, you won it then. You won it. If you went, if it's you're the ninth seed, whatever. Yeah, point taken. But to honestly, if it's, it's only one more game, and if, if you're within a game or something like that, I'm, I'm not as I, – I just got the fever now because it's – because it was so good and it made for three more teams at the end of the season that had a chance and had to play big-time games at the end of the season, which is why I like the wild cards in, the, uh, in, in Major League Baseball. It's because it made for more meaningful games at the end of the season. It made for better games at the end of the season. And it was just – it was so exciting. And, and it was just – I don't know. I just loved it. And maybe 
maybe in, in the future they have a rule like that in, in a team wins by 25 points and it's like, well, that was worthless. But if it, if it works out this way where you have two pretty even teams or three pretty even teams and they're all trying to win their last three or four games because they have to, to get an opportunity to play for that very last spot that you're probably going to lose in the first round anyway. Um, but it's, it just makes for more exciting games at the end of the year. And I just, I love that. It's, it's like playoff basketball before you get to the playoffs. The, the bubble was playoff basketball almost from the beginning. It felt like sometimes that's right for, for some teams uh, besides the point, Adam, if you're playing for St. Martin's and no, no, forget that. If you're playing for uh, the elder Panthers, Varsity basketball, Elder Panthers, and the St. Xavier Bombers are a game – after a full season of play, the St. Xavier Bombers, you beat them by a game to make the playoffs. And then they tell you, you got to play one more game against the team that you have a better record from, a better record than at the end of the season. You have to play the St. X Bombers in a one-game playoff for the seed that you technically have because you have a better record than them. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I don't like it, but Boom, uh, stop. That's it. Stop. Stop. What was what is what were those first words you just said? I don't like it. Okay. But that's it. <laughs> that's it. Just because you're a fan of the NBA, you gotta think about each one of these teams. I know. You can't. You that is you don't like that because of your bias as an elder as an elder panther, correct? Right. If it's happening to me, yes. And that's that's exactly why I said when it first happened, I didn't like it because for that reason. Because I know because it, it's exactly and I think we said that specifically when we were first talking about that, when they said that this was gonna be one of the rules, this was gonna be one of the, the, the special things for this year that's being laid out for this special scenario at the end of the year. Um because if I'm that team, if I'm that eighth seeded team, I don't like it. I, I already here's, but they didn't play a full season this year. They they was way like short. I said this year, this year, hey, you know it is what it is. I know, but if I'm playing 82 games and I beat you by one, guess what? I beat you by one. All's fair in love and war, brother. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it, and I, I'm not going to be mad if they don't do it or anything, and I don't think they will. But it would just I'm, – I'm, I'm happy you with it. it. You they, want it to happen. I don't I, – I kind of do. Like, I wouldn't be – I would not be upset if it happened because it just – or make it, a, make it a wild card scenario. Specifically make it a wild card scenario and make – that's the thing. Maybe don't do it for the eighth seed. Or, or maybe do it for the eighth seed but make it the seventh and eighth seed. You're going to be in the playoffs anyway or something like that. Or make it the seventh, eighth, and ninth seeds or something like that. And figure out who I don't like any of that. I don't like any of that because every one of those seeds, every one of those teams beat the te- the other team. The seventh seed had a better record than the eighth seed. The eighth one seed more had games. a better record than the ninth seed. But they might so, not. They may not necessarily have played an even schedule. You know, if you're in the Western Conference, you're playing way more Western Conference teams, and that's a way more difficult schedule. Uh, or well, that's going to happen anyway. Never mind. That's the, only we're, playing talking, we're literally talking about that. Right. But <laughs> right. I, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but, but you uh, maybe in, in, in uh, division play, 
which is silly for them to even have divisions in the NBA. I don't know why they do, but I still don't know why the divisions are there. Is that is that the silly? Does anybody know that what teams are in the Pacific? I I don't even you know name? that I could name you all of the divisions and who. Are. I, just, I was just gonna say, can you even name the divisions? Did you hear that? I heard something. Holy cow! Everybody okay? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so so. Uh, anyway, I was just really excited because it was such a good game. That Mem- all three of those teams, Memphis, especially Portland and Phoenix, played the butts off. Just game played so the whole world wants to do it. Dude, that is so. That is so Twitter of you. Twitter of me. Yes, that is so social media of you. Oh, the, we had one great game, and it meant so much. Yeah, yeah, and and now you want it forever when it's not fair to the team that 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 played played better look if you're making it a rule from the beginning it's not like we're springing this on you it's not like you won all those games and then we're like hey you know what the playoffs start tomorrow but we just decided right now that we're gonna make you play it's not like that you know no, you don't you're you're still springing it on me huh you're still springing it on me at the beginning of the season you're not no you're, you're not it's not being sprung on you if you if before you start the season you know we have to be better than the eighth seed. If we want to, if we don't want to deal with this game, we have to win more games. We have to be the seventh seed or better. And if we don't, we got to play for that eighth seed. So maybe don't call it the eighth seed. Maybe don't don't put the don't put the stand don't put anybody in the standings at the eighth seed. Put one through seven blank on the eighth, and then the next best the next team with the best record is nine on down to to sixteen. Uh, in each division and then and then the, into what you're first saying? two teams the first two teams with the best record after the seventh seed now play for the eighth seed that's all you got to do i know it would still be you could still look at the standings and be like we had a better record by one game and i can't it's the same exact thing the same problem i have with the wild card yes a one game wild card is obviously going to have drama and is going to be fun and then people are going to love watching. Yeah. But it's not and I hate to be the guy, I hate to be the little kid. It's not fair. It's not fair. But it literally is not fair to the team that might be four games ahead of the next wild card team. Hey. Look. Win win more games. Uh make a better pitch on 3-0. All right? Just do better. Do better. So, so hold on now, hold on now, because so you know, win more games. Oh yeah, easy to say when I'm when let's say LeBron James goes out for 15 games and we're in second place. I'm uh, that sounds way too much like last year. Let's say Kawhi Leonard goes out for 15 games and we were in first or second and we drop down to the eighth spot at the end of the year because all of a sudden we can't win a game or Giannis goes down like he currently is and they drop down to the eighth spot and now. Giannis is back, okay? Even if Giannis isn't back, I guess that doesn't even matter. The fact is, is we won these games. You know, that's what happened with Portland this year. They had a bunch of guys hurt all year, and that's a big reason why they struggled for a while. And now they they had all that time to get everybody healthy. That's why they're showing how good they really were. Yeah. Their, their record wasn't that good, but they in the they have everybody there and everybody's Why is J.R. Smith not playing in that game. You don't have you don't have one guy 
that can shoot a three on that team except J.R. Smith, and he doesn't play a minute in that game. How does that happen? I don't know. But team comes I'm down and gets that up. threes in the last two minutes against you, and you don't at some point in time put your one three-point shooter in the game? I'm glad you brought that up because it's going, to, it's going to take us right to that first round matchup, which is Lakers Blazers. And you're talking about game one and, uh, and the Blazers took that game one uh, because they went off at the end of the, at the end of the game, like you said, and Damian Lillard right now it, it, for the last two weeks or three weeks is the best player on the planet. That guy, the way he is playing is the best player in the world right now at this very moment. Can we say the best player in the bubble was um, <laughs> Devin Booker? No, Devin Booker. Yeah, Damian Lillard would, was as good or better. Devin Booker was the next best for sure. I think. Okay, so then then you got him and and poor LeBron James. I know where we're at right now, right? We're gonna talk about this game, and somebody's going to bring up LeBron James to try to irritate me. LeBron <laughs> James had 20, 15, and 15 in a playoff game. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I saw somewhere that he was the first player to ever have 20, 15, and 15 in a playoff game. So I don't want to hear can – we, can we just not talk about playoff LeBron or, or any kind of stuff like that? Anthony Davis looked terrible. He looked like he didn't want the ball in his hands. He looked like he was nervous every time it touched him. He was not aggressive. He in, in LeBron, who goes 2015 and 15, is the one who gets the the brunt of this loss. Was it was it Shaq that was saying that he needs to he I think I think Shaq was talking about him when he said he needs to be he needs to have 28 or 29. He can't be under that. He he's he's it's his fault. If he doesn't score 30, then it's, then it's, you know, LeBron's fault. I totally disagree with that. I, dis- I, I agree with you. More. That's not who LeBron is on this team. LeBron James led the NBA in assists this year. Yes. It, it, it's, it, it's, that's okay. If you, now it's up to Frank Vogel to make sure the right guys are on the floor, which is to your, uh, to your point, why J.R. Smith probably should have been out there or somebody else, you know. Yeah, maybe they have rotations that he was planning on, and J.R. Smith was not one of those. Who knows how he's been practicing or whatever. Um, but, you know, you've got to mess with your personnel, especially depending on how the game's going. I mean, you know, so maybe J.R. Smith or uh, uh, the other the goofball that they signed um, that, was, uh, that was in Miami uh, that's similar to J.R. Smith. Uh, big score off the bench. Why can't I think of it? I'll think of it in a little bit. But anyway. Um, it didn't work out for the Lakers in game one. A lot of people, because of the way that the Portland Trailblazers were playing the last couple of weeks and the way they played their way into that eighth seed, um, are talking about p- possibly beating an eighth seed, beating a one seed, the Lakers, uh, in this first-round series. I mean, a lot of people are talking about that maybe happening. Now, you have jokers like Charles Barkley saying it's going to be a sweep, and that's ridiculous. I mean, that's – I'll, I'll eat crow or whatever if, uh, if, if they do, but – um, because I, I still think Lakers in six, even even down Deion Waiters. What's that? Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters. Thank you. So this is where we wanted to get into, really, and we, and we want to we we can speed right through this now because um, we don't have to talk about every first round game that's happened already. 
But we want to talk about the matchup. So we've started talking about Lakers-Blazers. Blazers are up 1-0. But knowing that, who wins the series in how many games? Uh, Lakers in six. That's exactly what I have. Um, now the two seed is the, the Los Angeles Clippers against seven seed Dallas Mavericks. That is split because the Mavericks just won just a few minutes ago. Oh, yep. Um, that game, that series is split one, one. Who do can you we, can, can we all say that Porzingis should have never been thrown out of that game? The yes. Game. Totally and, agree. And the well, Mavs should the probably, the Mavs should probably be up too well. Maybe. Here's the reason why. So he got it's he didn't get thrown out for getting into that scuffle. He got thrown out because he got his second technical. It was he shouldn't have gotten he shouldn't have been uh, in that position to get okay. two. Okay, I didn't necessarily look at it that way. I was looking at it as he got tossed because of because of the little tussle that happened. That's his fault for getting two technicals, honestly. That you're right. You're right about that. I apologize. I, I take back no. what I said last time. It's people still think it was too soft for him to get the technical. I don't necessarily. I think it's okay for him to get the technical because he just he went over there, he went over there to kind of confront Marcus Morris for doing a little extra after the thing or whatever. Being whatever. Marcus Morris. Yeah, and, and that's right, and that's <laughs> that's how those guys behave. The Morris brothers. Who will never yeah. get a technical for doing a little too much, but. And Luca and Luca kind of he did yeah Morris did a little extra and Luca jerked away from him and kind of made it look worse. And anyway, it was a stupid thing. It should have never happened. But 1-1 one, one series right now, who wins this series and how many games? Man, I'm going to tell you, you know, we talked about this, and you know how much I love this Mavericks team, right? I mean, I from the beginning, I talked about how much I love this Luka-Porzingis combo. And when Porzingis is healthy and Luka being – honestly a top five player in the league right now and and Porzingis two years ago before he had all these crazy injuries being on the verge of being a top five player in the league man this is so hard for me because then you're talking about literally the second best team in the west that they're going against yep. I'm t I'm putting this one seven Seven. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna let this go seven. And um, man, how do you vote against Kawhi? I'm going Mavs in seven. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they wow. should have won the first two games. I feel like this. I feel like that series they be up two zero. I feel like the Mavericks beating the Clippers would be a bigger upset than if the Blazers beat the Lakers in that series. Um. I feel like it would be a bigger well, – because just, I, It just shows the degree of difference in the West compared to the East. Like, it's yeah. not that big. They're, they're, these teams are good. And, the, and also the fact that the 7 and 8 seed also had a lot of injuries during the actual regular season to put them in the place they are coming into here. Because I think I put the Mavs before this started and we were talking about it. I had them as a 3 seed. In the West, and I think if Porzingis plays the entire year and they and they're healthy, I think they might even be there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you go Mavs in seven in that in that series. I go Clippers in six. Uh, and now 
it sounds like I'm not positive if Patrick Beverly played in this game or not, but I heard there was a chance he might not because he's dealing with an injury. Um, but I still think the Clippers are the best team probably in basketball, at least maybe in the West. Beverly did not play. Okay. So he's out. Patrick Beverly's out. Um, so if they get if he's going to be out a couple more games, then yeah, that's going to give a little bit more of an advantage. I still think the Clippers would win the series, but um, but that that would make a big difference because he's their big time. Luca, one of their one of one of three or four big time defensive stoppers. Yeah, who also has turned himself into a not not too bad offensive player. And as somebody everybody hates, <laughs> right? Um, but okay. On to the 3-6 seed in the West, Denver and Utah, which that one is now tied as well. Uh, Utah played the first two games without Mike Conley, and who and they, he may be coming back on Friday for game three. Yep. Uh, so that's got to mean something. Uh, so how, wh- what do you think? Denver or Utah in how many games? Um, uh, you know, this Denver team is – I, I really like um, uh, what's his name Jokic. I'm, I'm a big Jokic fan just because of his awkwardness. Um, however, they just lost by 20 today, and that's without their point guard, or that's with without the Jazz's not point. Yeah, without the Jazz's point guard because Donovan Mitchell's plays the two when Conley's in. So. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going to say uh I think this goes I think this goes far too. I'm I'm going to put the Jazz in 7 because I I I don't I don't count Jokic out at any point in time, but I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. However, like you said, Michael Conley Jr coming back, I think that puts them over the top. Cuz Donovan Mitchell has proven he can't do it by himself. Right. And that's not a knock on Donovan Mitchell. It's just the fact that you just can't do it as one player on a team anymore. Yeah. And speaking of that, how about Donovan Mitchell scoring 57 in a losing effort in game one? Yeah. Boy, that's yeah. incredible. That's the third, third most in playoff history. Third most a- points in playoff history. Is that incredible? Uh, in a losing and, – and they lost. That's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and they lost. It, it was funny. So I saw on the one of the I think the bubble watch or the bubble life or whatever it is the the thing we talked about on Twitter. That's still like one of the coolest, yep. one of the best accounts to follow I've ever seen. Um, they showed they posted um, who was it? I think it was Jamal Murray um, posted who had a great game in the first game. Thirty he he dropped thirty six himself. Yeah, and he had a great fourth quarter, too. He, he hit a bunch of big shots down the stretch. Uh, but he was walking, like, down the street or whatever, wherever they're, you know, in the bubble, right after this. And he was walking past one of the little restaurants they have for them or whatever. And outside, sitting there after their game, eating by himself, was Donovan Mitchell. And he's like, this is the weirdest thing. <laughs> Jamal Murray's saying, this is the weirdest thing right after our game. I run into this guy who just scored 57 and said it loud enough for Donovan Mitchell to hear. And Donovan looks over and he kind of smiles. And uh, yeah, it was just a, that was an odd thing. This is, you know, one of those things that you do not normally see. This bubble is a goof thing. And 
But it's I so wish fun. I could be there. I wish I could be there. Malika Andrews is there, and she's talking like she's she's all bummed out because they keep bringing up how she might have to be there for like another three months or two months or whatever. And she's like, oh, I was so excited to do this interview until you reminded me how long am I going to be here. I would love to be her just to be around all this craziness that's got to be going on. That would be so cool. Uh, and, and you know, by the way, today they came back out and said for the fourth week in a row, zero yep. positive COVID tests. Yep. Um, so and that's with letting new people in. Yeah. And I keep thinking about that because I'm seeing like, you look at the bench, guys come off, and like half the coaches have masks on, half of them don't. Some players have masks on, some don't on the bench. And I'm like, what are you doing? You can't just walk up to those guys. You know, you come right out of the game after being around all these guys, and you're walking right up and, and high-fiving and talking to people on the bench. And they, they've tried to like distance the seats and stuff, but even it's still not happening. And then I'm like, I'm getting all worked up about it, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They have all these things in place to make sure nobody there has the virus. Nobody can come in that they don't know for sure has it. Like this is the most controlled environment probably anywhere in the world. Yeah, I was just going to say at this point in time, I don't even know why they're making these guys wear masks. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I'm still glad to hear it when they sure. are. But, but, uh, but, that's, but it's so controlled that yeah, it's like, let's just play ball while we're in here. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, that was a, that was a, uh, an off the beaten path from that series. The last Western conference series is the Rockets and Oklahoma city thunder Rockets pretty handily won that game, uh, game one. Who do you have Rockets or thunder in how many games? This is i uh, I'm, I'm going with a sweep in this one. This is, this is wow. a rocket sweep. Yeah. Chris Paul, um, uh, you know, I love Chris Paul. I really do. But the Rockets, the Rockets are are, are just going to be too much for them. I, I got the Rockets in a sweep. Okay, I'm going to take the Rockets. I will take the Rockets, which is Rockets in four, by the way. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I will take the Rockets in five. I think uh, because they're up 1-0, because they were pretty convincing in that win. And by you know, the way, in Oklahoma City gets a couple games at home, so that's a big deal, <laughs> right? Yeah, where they throw their logo on the same floor that they've been playing on for a month. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I was listening to Chris Weber talk about this, and he said, you're going to see some crazy things happen in this playoff because there are certain guys that when it comes to energy, they feed off energy, and there are certain people that that play that play worse under the the, the harsh – you know, yelling and everything of fans. And you're, this is more like you're going to see the most athletic, the most talented teams win most of the time because this is like back in the day when you're playing AAU ball and it's just your mom and dad that are there and you're playing three games in a night all in the same gym and it's yeah. just, you know, in and out. And nobody, there's not super loud cheering or nothing like that. You're just out there playing ball. Yeah. Um, so okay I, I'm, I'm just starting to write these down write our picks down just so we can go back and, and look at them later um, okay. so so okay you had uh, Rockets and four I had Rockets and five now Eastern Conference Bucks number one eight is Bucks uh, Magic 
Orlando surprised everybody and won. I thought if there was a chance for a sweep in any series, it would be this one. And Orlando proved me wrong right away. Um, now, so, now, if I'm not mistaken, Giannis is missing the rest of this series. Is that correct? Is that right? I, I didn't hear that. Where, where did I hear that at? I don't know why I feel like I heard something in that. And I could be wrong. I don't know why I felt like he got injured or something. Did something happen to him in this game? Uh, I did not hear. Let me see. I didn't watch it. But anyway, so, so besides the point, let's, let's pretend like he's playing. So uh, you're going to make me pick Orlando uh, or, or Milwaukee when Milwaukee is the number one seed. Orlando just won the last game by 12, 122, 110, um, and was led by can you Can you pronounce his name for me? Uh, Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, or so some people say Vucevic, or uh, people say it different, but I think it's Vucevic. Or, yeah. 35, 14, had a heck of a game. I mean, this is your typical um, Indiana Pacers team right here. This is your Indiana Pacers team. Gary Clark came out, uh, UC grad, and I don't want to say he shut down Giannis because Giannis still ended up with 30 or something, didn't he? 31 maybe? Yeah. 31. Yeah. 31-17 or something like that. He was 0 for his first seven when when Gary Clark was guarding him. Like, Gary Clark played the same way Gary Clark played forever at UC. Mm-hmm. Consistent, great defense, and he's even scored he had 15 points. 15.6 rebounds. That is typical Gary Clark at UC, 15 and 6, 15 and 10. And you don't even know how he did it because it just happened in the flow of the game. So uh, I'm going to say, I am going to say, uh, let's, let's put this six. I'm not going to say five because I'll get the fact that Orlando beat him in that first game. I'm going to give Orlando one more game. But the Bucks win in six. No, five. No, six. Bucks, Bucks win in six. Bucks in six. Okay. I say. I say Bucks win the rest. Win the next four games. So I'm going to say uh, Bucks in five. Uh, then you have so the two three game uh, the two three sorry the two seven series is Toronto and Brooklyn. Uh, Toronto, after their win today, is now up 2-0 in that series. And Toronto is such an enjoyable team because they don't have that superstar this year. They don't have Kawhi Leonard this year. But they are almost – I think they would beg to differ with you in that. Because Fred Van Vliet is awesome. (laughs) I mean, uh, we all love Fred Van Vliet. But Pascal Siakam is who they feel is their all-star – Okay, maybe not superstar, but they feel like that's the guy who's going to be that superstar. Sure. Fred Van Viet is going to lead the team in scoring, but Pascal Siakam is going to be the best player on the team. Yeah, Pascal, I think, led him in scoring most of the year. But um, Fred Van Viet had a great game one, and I didn't get a chance to see what he did today. But he's been playing. He had 24 and 10, 24 and 10 assists. 24 points and 10 assists. Which is his second straight double-double. Yep. Um, and man, he's really taken over. I mean, he's, he's their best guard and Kyle Lowry has been an all-star. So, um, it, but Kyle, I mean, Fred Van Vliet burst onto the scene 
uh, with those couple other guys, with Pascal Siakam, with Norman Powell in the playoffs last year. And, but we didn't know. We thought these guys are just playing great uh, alongside Kawhi Leonard, and they're all playing well together. But Kawhi Leonard's not there anymore, and they're still playing like a great team. This is those – the people that talk about um, – how you know the NBA isn't team basketball? It's one on one. The people yeah. that the people that which are normally people that don't really watch it, but for those people, this is a team that I say go watch the Toronto Raptors play. Watch the Raptors play. This is the, this There's is a, team. a lot of teams in the East that are this way that just play good basketball. Yeah, they move the ball really well. They Nick Nurse is is becoming one of the like Brad Stevens was like one of those like next level thinkers, basketball thinkers. He's throwing all kinds of different, he'll throw all kinds of junk defenses at you. He'll, he, he plays zones and he'll press. They, I've seen him press the last couple of weeks. I mean, they're doing like college zone presses and you'd never see that in the NBA, but Nick nurse throws out all kinds of different stuff and they are winning a ton of basketball games without a superstar. I apologize to interrupt you. This just in. ESPN. It the literally, I just got this right now. ESPN, the uh subject line is this just in. Yeah. Reds suspend Tom Brenneman indefinitely after broadcaster used anti-gay slur on air. All right. <clears throat> no surprise there. Didn't no take very long. Nope, no surprise. All right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, tomorrow it's going to be a man. That is going to be really something tomorrow. Uh, and I don't. I listen. As a man who has, uh, you know, a, an uncle-in-law who is a homosexual, and you know, and knowing other people that are uh, are are gay and living their life, and my big famous joke that I use all the time is, "Hey, it's 2020." If you're not bisexual, you're just gay, right? Like I'd say that all the time being a joke. Maybe that is a slur. I don't know. I'm just messing around because that's where we live now. That's why Tom can't say things like this because that's where we are. However, however, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm necessarily going to be one of these guys that's, I don't want to be totally against Tom Brenneman. I don't want to be totally against him. I'm totally against what he said, but I'm not totally against him coming back. You don't think that makes him a terrible person who should not have another opportunity or anything like that? Exactly. Thank you. Yes. You say things much better than I do. No, <laughs> no, I don't. But I will, but I will probably pick uh, this series better than you will. Uh, <laughs> no. Toronto, you, we're going we're gonna to pick this the same way. I guarantee it. Okay, Toronto Brown three. Ready? One, two, three. Toronto, Toronto five. Four. <laughs> All right. You don't think they're going to sweep the Nets? You don't think this Toronto team is going to sweep the Nets, honestly? No, because I think this Nets team is better than a lot of people think they are. Um, <laughs> okay. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they win two games, honestly. But since it is 2-0, and I'm very impressed with Toronto, uh, I'm, I'm going five. Uh, and then we'll go to the, uh, the next one, Celtic Sixers, which could be a very interesting 
series or the Celtics could blow them away, but I don't think this is which, by the way, it's 2-0 now, Celtics. But I, I, didn't, I went into this series thinking either the Celtics were going to run away with this or it was going to be pretty even, but I did not think the Sixers had a chance to win in five or six games in this series. Well, I took the Sixers as my team in the East at the beginning of the season. And because I don't go against myself, even though I may not have totally believed it, I am going back right now, and I believe I took the Sixers. I just stayed – I stuck with my pick of the Sixers. Is that correct? Yeah, I think you did. To come out of the East. But, hey, you can change so, it. I'm not changing it. Are we talking I, about this series? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But I'm not going to change it. So I'm going to say Sixers and seven. You get if you don't think they're going to win. This is who you think is going to win. It's not who you're. Rooting All right. For. So this isn't this isn't our original bet. This is just us right now. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm going to go Celtics and uh, five. Celtics and five. Okay. Um, they look just they, they're more athletic. They with with, with Ben Simmons out. The defense of this 76ers team drops off the face of the earth. They don't have anybody that can guard the athletic wings that Boston has. Um, it's, I, 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 it's amazing how, how good of an athlete Ben Simmons is, even though he can't shoot a three to save his life. He's just as good a defender. And I was listening to – uh, one of the brothers, there's, there's the, the, the big brother, and then there's the little tiny guy uh, with the, the comb over, both coaches. Um, oh, Van Gundy, Stan Van yeah, Gundy. Yeah, Stan was doing the game today. And he said if he had a vote, and he doesn't, he said, and rightfully so, which was funny, but if he had a vote for defensive player of the year, he would have put uh, Ben Simmons as his number one top of the list defensive player of the year. Wow. That says a lot to me. And when you lose that in the playoffs, I don't see – I mean, you got one Joel Embiid go-off game, but outside of that, Celtics and five. I totally agree, and I'm picking the exact same thing. So our last series is Indiana Pacers and Miami Heat. I think this could end up being uh, one of the best series in all the playoffs. Uh, who do you have? I'm going to let you go first on this one. Okay. I think I'm going to take – I'm going to say if I'm rooting for someone, I'm rooting for the Pacers. Uh, but I'm going to – and by the way, we already know that Miami is up 1-0. So I'm going to take Miami at this point in – I'm going to take Miami in six. Is there something wrong with Victor Oladipo? No, I think he's playing. No, I know he played, but he only played eight minutes in the first game. Is there something oh, wrong with Victor Oladipo? Something must have happened then, yes. Okay, because he played – I get a, feel like I should have gotten an alert about something like I, that. I feel the same way because I didn't hear anything. I'm just jumping back into that first game. He played eight minutes, had four points. Like the uh, – something and, and four free throws. I don't, something happened in that game. Uh, which is probably why Edmund Sumner got so many minutes. But uh, 
as an Edmund Sumner fan being down 1-0, whether Victor comes back or does not come back, I got to go with uh, one of my all-time favorite Xavier Musketeers. And I'm going and, – and, and just closest to my hometown, to our hometown, I'm going Pacers in seven because there's no way this doesn't go seven. Even if the Pacers are outplayed, even if the play, Pacers are outmatched, they will make this go seven because that's what Indiana does. Yes, yes. Now, uh, Oladipo, and, and now that I'm reading this, um, I remember seeing the highlight. He got scratched in the eye. So he got, like, poked in the eye and, like, got scratched. So I well, think he'll was- be fine. He'll be fine. They don't play till tomorrow. That was two days ago. Uh, he'll, like he's gonna be, be okay. yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. So uh, then I definitely – has no fun, but – Right, yeah. Um, that's, that's maybe the worst – worst or second worst injury I ever had playing basketball was getting poked in the eye so bad that I lost my eyesight for a couple minutes. Lost my – couldn't see at all, and then it started coming back, but it was blurry. Like, I could only – like, half my eye was blurry. It was so bad. And it was like – it looked like someone pulled my eyeball out and, and just beat the hole that my eye was in. And, like, I just got, like, poked real hard. Yeah. Um, and, and it just – it was really, really bad. Was that the scariest moment of your life? Uh – I've been in almost death, death crashes and things like that. But no. I feel like if you're about to take my eyesight, holy cow, that becomes one of the most scariest moments of my life. Yeah. Um, Uncle Bob once picked me up and almost threw me in the deep end, and I can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to say Uncle Bob once had me in his office at the sheriff's office. <laughs> no. <laughs> the day I went to jail, if he wasn't there to rescue me, that might have been my. That might have been. My <laughs> Thank God, Uncle Bob was working. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't working. He just came. He was. He was off. He came down and. Oh, he came down. I didn't know that. I thought he was working. Gave me the I red just, carpet treatment. Yeah. That, oh, I just I heard all about it. I just heard all about it yesterday. Heard all about. It. I didn't know that you spent the 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 basically the whole time you were. Uh, incarcerated in his office. I didn't know that. Yeah, we breezed right through all those steps, boy. I, they, all those guys were looking at me like, if I ever get out of here, I am murdering you, son. <laughs> standing in line, waiting to get, waiting to get their uh, scrubs or whatever, their county blues. And you didn't know? Uh, did, did you have to take your clothes off and uh, have cavity scans or anything like that? You know, yeah, they, I, they did the they did the lie thing. I had to they. Uh, they made me get naked and they just threw the they, – they dumped water all over me and then they dumped the lie on me like in Shawshank Redemption and just yep. gave me a towel, a yep. little tiny towel, not even big enough to cover myself. Yep. Uh, no, I didn't have to do anything. I did nothing. Um, uh, so funny. So our Uncle Bob worked in the sheriff's department at the, at the jail for, I don't know, 30 years. The only one of us cousins he ever saw there was you. <laughs> and if anybody has never listened to this podcast before, that's really funny. <laughs> it is. It was the only time I've ever been in trouble with the law. Uh, and it was a mistake because somebody made a clerical error on a ticket that I paid earlier. Thank God you and your dad keep every piece of paper that you've ever put your name on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Besides the point. All right, back to what's your what's your call for? That's um, I apologize. Back to Indiana, Indiana, and Miami. You had Miami in seven. Is that what you said? No. You have Indiana in seven. seven. Indiana in seven. Okay. I I took I took I I went seven because there's no way Indiana is not going to seventh game. But I took Indiana because of uh, I gotta go I gotta go with closest to my heart in this. Okay. I like that. I like that pick. I'm going Miami in six. Man, that's rough, bud. I know. I think Miami's just better. I think they're just a better team. I love the Pacers. You know I do. And they're they're a team that always seems like they're not going to be that good and are always like a three, four, five seed, six seed, something like that. They always surprise everybody because they play the same way no matter – whatever turnover they have in players and coaches, they seem to always play the same way. They are yeah. always one of the best passing teams in the NBA. They're always one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And those two things win basketball games, so they always play that way. And they've always got a, an underrated star. Yeah. Paul George was an underrated star in Indiana. Yeah. Victor Oladipo is an underrated star in Indiana. They've always got an underrated star, which I, I, I like that guy. Yeah. Yep. And they always seem to push the right buttons – you know, they, see, they bring these guys in that are like, you know, on other teams might average 11-3 and 11-3 rebounds and one assist. But they'll bring, they'll bring those guys to Indiana and they'll get 13 or 14 and five or six and another four or five. And they put all those guys together and they know how to play and they figure out how to play together. And by the way, Nate McMillan just signed a contract extension, I believe. Uh, so very well deserved for him. No doubt. Good to hear that for Nate McMillan. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's – I think we agree that's going to be a really good series either way. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that sums it up. So it'll be fun to go back and, and check those at the end of these series and see how we did there. And then we'll pick – write, some, write something down that says we need to go back and see what we all pick because we do this all the time and yeah. we never go back to see how we did. You're right, unless we, unless we place a bet on it. Is that, is that what's going to make us – Go well, back what would that be? Uh, so let's say uh, whoever gets the most correct teams, huh? Whoever gets the most correct teams or the most correct games, because we took a lot of the same teams. Yeah, should we say whoever gets the the most correct the the winning team and amount of games? Let's just go correct amount of games. Okay, but you have to have the the winning team. Yeah, you have to have the winning team, and then how close were you to the correct games? If you don't have the winning team, you don't even get to add them in. Okay. I don't know how – you're going to have to figure out how to do this and make it fair. But, uh, yeah, I'm totally down for that. What's the bet going to be? The the loser has to drink – a bottle of water without stopping for a breath. Nah, it's got to be different than that. I can do that. That's easy. Okay. Uh, let's, do, uh, let's do something like uh, how about uh, just tack on another minute of stand up when we get our World Series winner? Or? I'm totally down for that. Let's make it three stand up minutes. Yes. Yeah. Wait a minute. Hold on. We can, we could do, we can tack if- on an extra minute for, for whoever wins each round. Okay, so then it can either take a minute off or add a minute. So if you end up losing the baseball deal and you got to win, but you also 
get four minutes or three minutes in the NBA thing, then you actually win the Major no. League Baseball deal. Then, then do you have to – if I do that, then – The other person would have to do it. Two minutes one, of – Oh, one minute. have to do one minute, however Just many – the opposite is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sliding scale. I'm totally down for that. You're in charge of this, though. Okay, I got it. You're in charge. Of, uh, you just became ever since COVID. You're just in charge of the podcast. <laughs> That's fine with me because for <laughs> two years you've been carrying this thing on your back. I can't believe your back's not sore. I don't know about carrying it, but <clears throat> you've carried it. All right. Um, look, we are going to work. We we went pretty long on this one, but that's yeah, okay. We did. And it's a it's a great opportunity to. I think we should. Uh, save the comedy special for next week. <laughs> Me too. Save it. And, you know, we watched it, but it's Sam Marill. I got this. So if you're watching, if you're listening to this um, and you haven't had a chance to watch Sam Marill, it's on YouTube. It's called I Got This. It's his hour special just in the last few months. Um, and uh, so w- you and I will talk about this next week. That's exactly right. And until next week, don't forget to turn your headlights on.